The Xbox Series X games event is right around the corner, but can they edge out everyone's interest in Sony? If they announce Bugsnacks 2, then the answer is almost certainly yes. All this and more on this week's Bowl of Dude Soup. Talking Bugsnacks. Bugsnacks, I don't know if we can. Uh, There's nothing to say yet. And so much. And yet so much to say. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Dude Soup. Thank you for joining us. Um, I real, really quick want to take an opportunity to thank everyone watching on roosterteeth.com, whether or not you're an RT First member, thank you for your support. Or whether you're just a member, you can make an account and join us in the chat. We appreciate you guys uh, supporting us and enjoying the stream. It's super, super fun to be able to do this for you. As you already know, I am joined by one of my guests this week, Elise Willems. Thanks for having me. This was a coveted episode to try to be on because a mm-hmm. lot of people wanted to be in this one. Yep. So thank you for having me. Well, we have two uh, additional guests this week that I'm very excited. One, one we're having back for the second time and one we're having for the first time. Super excited to have both of them here. Paris Lilly and Danny Pena. Yeah. Thank you. Th- thanks for, the for invite. having us. Thank yes. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, Thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We had so we had Paris on a couple weeks ago. It was a super fun. We were talking about destiny and all kinds of things. And we were like, Paris, you need to come back. Yeah. Everyone loved Paris on the show, except for one person. Yeah, one there person was one was person on, on Twitter on social media who said, What do you why would you have him on? And I don't, I think it was it, Godfrey, I think it was, was the like account. It was like a, a but... Manny, Manny. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm happy. I'm happy at least he had, Paris had only one bad review. That's good. That's good enough for me, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, hey, but I, we also I, have I am the Morbius Danny champion, the okay? That is my yeah, claim that's true. That's true. You set the bar very, very high. Will he be unseated today? We don't know. Yeah. If you if you were joined joined us for the episode that Paris was on, we mentioned uh, some of the things he's worked on. Gamertag Radio being one of them. Well, Danny is the along. He's also a co-host of Gamertag Radio, but he is the founder of Gamertag Radio. So all those stories that we were telling talking about before, you're the reason that it all began. You, you made started, Paris. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'm your father, Paris. I, <laughs> but you know what, though? Being, I am like twisting the knife. Being serious for half a second, it's true. It's true. I'm I'm not doing any of this if it wasn't for Danny. And uh, I appreciate him so much because of that. I'll forever be thankful. And that is the last time I will say anything nice about him. On <laughs> yeah, okay, enough of that. Let's get back to you guys, your your wrestling rivalry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so Danny uh, founded Gamertag Radio how long ago now? Uh, it's 15 years, but I started internet radio like around 2001. It was during the Sega Dreamcast days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. But I, I I always wanted to do internet radio since the 90s because there was mm-hmm. a hip hop show. Uh, I'm a hip hop guy, of course. But mm-hmm. there was a hip hop show from um, this company called Pseudo. It was like around mid 90s that they launched. And I remember watching at my friend's house uh, using his computer. There was a lot of artists that I like from the hip hop scene. They were doing interviews. I'm like, oh man, this is pretty cool. I could watch uh, interviews and, and and listen to radio shows online mm-hmm. instead of the radio because I, I used to experiment with that locally in Miami, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and I was like, man, I want to do that, the internet radio show. And we tried. It was so expensive in the '90s. We we had to use a 56k modem to stream and, and mm-hmm. watch those shows. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then it was like around early 2000s, right after the launch of Sega Dreamcast. That's when I started experimenting with that and yeah 
the rest is history, man. You know, I we, started with that and Gamer Tag Radio in 2005. And your uh, your podcasting like predated podcast platforms. Yeah, too. yeah. There was no social media, no smartphones, and uh, the way how I used to get listeners was just word of mouth. Uh, I'll go mm-hmm. to like um, uh, community websites like uh, PSO World. That was one mm-hmm. that was pretty big back then for Finding Star Online, mm-hmm. and I started. Ex- uh, just promoting it through there and also a team Xbox. Because back then, the, the thing that we used to use to communicate with each other with, with our community was message boards, forums. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's how we got the word out. And that's how Paris actually discovered Game of Tech Radio. That's <laughs> uh, true. It's true. Yeah, he I, I, he I used said to be it was on... spamming, but I wasn't spamming. I was no, it was, spamming. it was 100% <laughs> spamming. So I used to be uh, on the team Xbox forums all the time. This is like 2005 era. And like you said, iTunes podcasting wasn't really invented mm-hmm. back then. And there were three different quote unquote gaming shows I would listen to. And Danny would spam the forums. I swear <laughs> to God every day about come listen to a show, come listen to a show. So then finally one day I decided to listen to all like, Oh, this is cool. They're talking about Xbox and all the stuff that's going on. And then he got a major scoop when the 360 uh, came out, he got the people that were at the Hollywood event on the show. And I remember listening to it like soon as he put it out, I was like, this is amazing. I subscribed to it and I was a fan and he inspired me from there to actually want to become a podcaster in the gaming myself. And, and the rest is history, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I we Right before we were starting, we were kind of like figuring out technical things, right? And like, oh, can we record our audio and making sure stuff like that? Everything went perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. There were no problems. But one of the interesting things, Danny, is you were saying that all of this is still easier than when you had to try and record audio over Xbox Live using Xbox Live voice chat as yes. your method of recording. Well, actually, I'm going to take even uh, before that because I, I used to record everything on cassette and that's how I used to edit everything. And then from there, I had to like convert in real time, connect my radio to the computer and press mm-hmm. play and then record that audio from there. And I didn't have a broadband back then. Mm-hmm. So I had to upload my audio through a 56K modem. So I, I was like, I wish nobody calls because once you calls, it disconnects yeah. everything. So I had <laughs> yeah, to like yeah. restart uploading. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I used to do everything back then. Man. But he, here's the thing. Like it, I didn't have a lot of resources to to edit and, and record stuff. Right. But mm-hmm. I only had very limited resources. And I just it forced me to be more creative with with the stuff that I recorded back then. Yeah, yeah for crazy. sure. Like trying to just trying to make it. A- a mixtape on a cassette was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Not to yes. the songs to overlap. Like I can't even imagine making a podcast. Yeah. yeah. On a cassette. I mean, it it, it worked out because like you're still doing it. Like it, the internet has such it. It's weird. It has such a short memory, but it like obviously things exist forever. But you know, when you think about all the people that you know this medium kind of churns through, like. You're still doing it. Both of you guys are still doing it and doing it well. And you guys are so deep in the industry, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're not, I don't think that we're too industry deep. I don't think so. Um, we're kind of like entertainment side, I feel yeah. like, comedy side. And we just sort of dance around the industry mm-hmm. a little bit. But you guys watching your documentary, uh, you know, the story of Gamer Tag Radio, everybody knows you guys. Mm-hmm. Like everyone knows you, everyone has history with you. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, you know what? Uh, like especially that there's so many content creators now using you know Twitch and YouTube and new podcasters. And I even mentioned this to Paris because the way how pa- when Paris discovered us on uh, my show, he hit me up and he wanted to start his own show. 
And the, one of the first things I mentioned to him, it, even though it took me like a couple of weeks to reply to Paris, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, uh, I told Paris, like, mm. get out of your house because the most important thing that I, that I learned since I've been doing this for 15 years is the relationship that you built throughout the years. Mm. Networking, get out of your house, show people that you have different talents, tell them about your content. But if you just stay home and stream, I feel like it's not enough. And there's nothing more powerful than meeting people face to face. I mean, right now we're in a different situation, you know, because of COVID and everything, but it 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 worked so much for me, man. Like I met so many people and when even when you do interviews in person, it, it feels different than mm -hmm. than online. You know what I'm saying? So in Paris, you could you probably agree with the same thing, right? With that? No, no, hundred hundred percent. And I'll even jump into kind of the story of what inspired me to do this. So now we're in 2006. I see him and another good friend of ours, Chris Palladino. He also did a podcast back then, a gaming podcast. They're in at Redmond up in Seattle at a Lord of the Rings event. And this is 2006. This is happening. I'm watching this and going, wait, holy shit. You you, you, you can go to Microsoft. You can go to Xbox. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't believe it. Right. So I said to myself, hey, I want to do this, too. I emailed Chris, who got back to me the next day, by the way. Danny got back to me mm -hmm. three weeks later and um, <laughs> they gave me tips. They were talking about, here's the kind of equipment you need to use. Here's how you can record all, all this stuff to start my own podcast. And then a couple months later, I started my own podcast and Danny was just always a great friend. Um, we would go meet at E3, other gaming events. We'd help each other with coverage, things like that. So, but he always gave me that advice that you got to get out of your house. And actually, I like to call it shaking hands and kissing babies. You got to get out there and actually <laughs> mm -hmm. meet the people, because if you're not putting that face to name, how are people supposed to know who you are? And that was the advice he gave me 14 years ago. And it still yeah. applies today because sitting at home and just doing your podcast, which is great, your friends, your mom listens, that's all good. But if you're trying to actually grow your audience you need to actually go out there and meet the people that can make that stuff happen. So I would say that to anyone that's trying to get into this now, when COVID is over, make sure you try and hit Comic-Con, hit PAX, go to E3 if you can, Gamescom, RTX, whatever, you know, try to go to everything that you possibly can and actually put that face to a name. Yeah, yeah for J sure. Yeah, hey, James, I, very quick, I, I have to mention this too. So when I used to live in Miami, right now I'm, I'm in New York, but back in those days, I used to print out flyers and I will go to different stores locally in Miami. So I'll go to like Best Buy, GameStop, Target, Walmart. Every time there's like a new game coming out at midnight and there's like a bunch of gamers, let's say waiting mm -hmm. for Halo, uh, Grand Theft Auto, those big games, right? I'll go there and pass out flyers and now I will never mention the word podcast to them. I will mention, mm -hmm. hey, I have a rate, internet radio show. Make sure to tune in because at that time, People used to listen to our show just through the computer, not no tablet, no smartphones, mm -hmm. none of that. So I, I started doing that. And I also interviewed gamers in line, real time, like, hey, uh, tell me why you're in line to buy this game. And they'll, they'll tell me they're super excited. And because of that, I'll post it on the show and they'll tell their friends and their family, hey, uh, website interview me. And just that's how the word got around of, mm -hmm. about our show. So yeah, yeah. Let, let me let me yeah. tell this story because we're, we're taking it way back, you know, for the young <laughs> people back yeah, into the 2000s. Yeah, so yeah. 2007, um, 
I got a chance to go up to to Redmond um, for it was Halo 3 launch. So I got to go up there, met, met Bungie, the whole thing. And um, the night they did the launch, they did it at a Best Buy up there in Redmond. Bill Gates was there. I remember Warren Moon was there, stuff like that. There's the all picture. these fans out. Mm-hmm. Bungie drives up in the buses. Everyone's going crazy. This guy is literally call, like he's calling us where we're at the event. Hey, hey, I'm doing my live coverage worldwide. I need you to tell me what's going on there. Like this mm-hmm. is how how motivated uh, Danny has always been because the first time I ever got to go up to to Xbox, they all knew him. Everyone knows him. Oh, mm-hmm. Danny Payne. Oh, we know him. Godfrey. Every everybody knows him. I go to any event, he knows him. I'm at CES this year, the last time before COVID, I could actually go outside, and I'm I'm at at the suite at this event, and the guy walks up to me and I say. Excuse me, I said Gamertag Radio, and he goes, oh, Danny Pena, I know him. I met him 10 years ago at blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling Danny, he's like, I have no idea who that is. But the point is, that's and like he's saying, you're getting out there, you're meeting people, mm-hmm. and you make that lasting impression whether you realize it or not. You know, That's just mm-hmm. the lessons learned I've always taken from this guy. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in thinking that there's a picture of Danny with Bill Gates? I was reading the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that was uh, the launch of the Xbox, original Xbox in New York City. It was at Toys R Us. So the, the way how that happened was I went to, this was like two months after 9-11. I went to an event. There was Xbox one week, and the week after that was Nintendo GameCube. They were promoting mm-hmm. those games. They had like hands-on events. So the Xbox one, they had a tournament so whoever gets like the most points within 48 hours will get like a free trip to Cancun get a car free Xbox even a year mm-hmm. of free Taco Bell quesadillas <laughs> right mm-hmm. so, <laughs> yeah. so uh, I was there with my video camera and I was just recording it. the gamers that were there I even went up to uh, the Xbox team and them to interview them and I stayed there for 48 hours then at the end they surprised everybody with an, a free Xbox so I took it home mm-hmm. Uh, and w- with no games, I had to wait to send me the games. Uh, but one of them was like Project Gotham, Halo, everything. Mm-hmm. So, so I had the the game and the system early. Microsoft contacted me and said, "Hey, Danny, can you come to our launch event? We're doing it with WWF at that time. It was WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the Rock was hosting it too, and uh, I had to go to Toys R Us to meet with them. And Microsoft had to get permission from the city of New York to open Toys R Us because it was still under construction. It wasn't Mm -hmm. um, open. So I got there and they were like, Danny, we want you to play video games with Bill Gates. I want you to give like feedback about the console. Let, you know, let the media know about it and everything. I was like, Mm -hmm. I was not prepared for that. I was just like, look, I just went to the event to record and that's it. But I had my tape recorder because I tried to interview Bill Gates. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know about this, but I I, I started doing that because uh, ABC, New York Times, all the major media would interview him. And I'm there mm-hmm. with my little tape recorder like this, yeah, like yeah. also recording. <laughs> and PR saw that and they're like, Danny, no. So they grabbed my recorder, took the tape away and uh, gave me the, the the recorder back. And I'm like, oh, that would have been classic. He was answering my questions too. Aww. Bill yeah. Gates. Yeah. yeah that yeah. would have been a classic, you know, but yeah. it's all good. <laughs> Crazy thing is that there, I guarantee there's an entire generation of current Xbox gamers that do not associate no. it with Bill Gates at oh, all. Yeah, yeah. At all. Um, the way at that all. you guys talk about your early hustle and the work ethic mm-hmm. is it I don't want to say there are, I I do think that there are a ton of people in this industry that hustle and work hard, but it's almost like a lost art. Um, just the way that you talk about going to your first E3 mm-hmm. and you're like, I had 
$20 in my pocket. I was eating off the dollar menu at McDonald's, which to me sounds like a pretty good E3. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. my, that's, my, uh, that's my daily palate anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But just like, it, it's almost like you had this passion. You knew what your dreams and your, and your determination was. And like, I'm not a risk taker. <laughs> I, so I got to give you like kudos because I, I don't know that I have it. I don't have that soul to be like, I'm going to, do whatever it takes. Well, to there's do it. there's such a fine line between like being passionate about something and like wanting it to be your hobby. So loving games, talking about games. There's I you could just reach into almost any crowd and find at least ten people that sure they could talk and they like games, right? It's the difference when you have that entrepreneurial spirit. And I, I don't, I'm not going to, like like Elise is saying, I don't think that, you know, take your average YouTuber, you're, we they are just, they, they're absent of that or Twitch streamer or whatever, but it does seem like some of the perception is that, oh, these are job paths that have been pursued out of convenience. I just want to play games for a living or whatever, you know, when that's really not the case. I think the reason you have people that are successful, like the two of you, is because you treat it like a business. It's it's an activity. And like you're saying, it's it's boots on the ground. It's getting out there. It's it's making sacrifices in other things that you may be interested in. So that way you can pursue this career. And I think I think that work ethic and those things that you guys have accomplished are like it's a testament. It's rare. All those people that like the social aspect is very true of meeting people, you know, internet is just a tool for socialization. It shouldn't be your only socialization. But I think the reason that you have all these stories and all these people that know you is because you go out and you meet them face to face. You share that passion, but you also show that it passion isn't isn't the only motivator. You, You want to accomplish something for yourself and also for your industry. And I think that's, not that that's rare, but I think in this particular interview, you guys are here and you guys are shining examples, both of you, of of doing that sort of thing. And I think that's really, really cool. Oh, I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And I always defer to Danny when it comes to that because I literally learned all this stuff from him. But I, we have 10 million stories, but one I want to bring up, which I think is a perfect example of this. And this is this is Danny. So. We're at E3 2007. This is the Santa Monica E3 at the hotels and, you know, everything was was Mm -hmm. insane that year. So at the Viceroy's where Xbox was and they would throw parties every night. They had like a Windows party and remember they had like a big community party one night, all this stuff. So we would go to these parties every night and we're talking everyone from the industry, all the high up Xbox execs. They're all there. We're all there to have fun. Like they got games you can play, all this stuff. So you're there to relax, have a drink, socialize, all that. I am trying to partake in said activities. All right. I look over. Danny has microphone. He got the freaking <laughs> Xbox Live vision camera. I look over. He's got Shane Kim and Cliff Blazinski and Peter Moore. He's like literally working at night mm-hmm. and he's interviewing all these people and he's doing all that stuff. And there's pictures. We have pictures. I, we'll have to put them online. Because you'll see me angrily in the background when he's talking. <laughs> but he was. <laughs> but but the point of that is that was Danny's passion. That was how he had fun. He, that he loved doing that, and it was sincere. It wasn't a thing of it was just this fake enthusiasm. He genuinely loved 
doing stuff like that. And he's always been that way. I always call him the hardest working person in the industry because he is whatever the hustle is, he's going to figure it out and he's going to do it. And, I, and I'm telling you that that 2007 Santa Monica just capsulated everything for me. We're all drinking, getting drunk and having fun. And he's over there. So Shane Kim, tell me about the 360 and how that's going to work. And, <laughs> and your and first party Halo 3 games. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah, yeah. hilarious. But, but you know, you know what? Like, you know, because I've been doing that for so many times in the past. Like everybody remembers me, man. So yeah, you know, like uh, just last year, I hit up Peter Moore. He retired from the gaming industry a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Now he's mm-hmm. the CEO yeah. of Liverpool soccer team, Northern yeah. and uh, the UK. So we we I hit him up and I asked him, hey, I would love to have you on on our show to talk about the 20th anniversary of Sega Dreamcast because that system was like to me is one of my favorite consoles ever back man then. of taste a yeah man of taste and he said it straight up he was like danny let's do it like it wasn't mm-hmm. a yes or no it was like right away he said yes and and mm-hmm. we had a 40 minute converse, uh, conversation behind the scenes stories that nobody heard before mm-hmm. of the launch of sega dreamcast and stuff that worked out some that some stuff that didn't work out and it, it's because of that relationship that we build throughout the years of so many people that they trust us, so they will be more open to tell us more stuff that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that that's why it's important to to have that relationship with people, man. Like there was one year. This is like before we started even streaming. Uh, EA invited us to go to EA uh, to Timefall. Remember that Paris Timefall event? Yes. Hands on dinosaurs. We were the we were literally we were the only podcasters there. It was all YouTubers, Twitch streamers. Mm-hmm. So Paris looked at me. I looked at Paris and I was like, yo, I, I feel like we're old school. And Paris go, yeah, we're dinosaurs, man. We're dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Nobody's doing this podcasting anymore. I'm like, oh, man. But here's here's what happened. So we sat down with uh, Vince Appella and uh, who else? Abby. It was Abby. A, the, yeah, it was Abby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At that time, we had a couple of people that, that mm-hmm. worked on that game at the first time for. And they were so open with us, man, like during mm-hmm. the interview. That I felt it was like they even said it too that that was like their best interviews ever uh, compared to like everybody else because we were not trying to do clickbait it was just a mm-hmm. normal conversation and they yeah. felt comfortable to tell us a lot more things you know yeah yeah so yeah well yeah. Uh, it's it's pretty remarkable I mean I, I just want to say one last thing I can then I because we I still want to talk because talk about xbox there's xbox oh, excitement yeah. oh, duh, that's oh yes, right, huh? yes. Yeah, i forgot about that but, <laughs> but, before, that. <laughs> but before we like memory lane is awesome but i just want to talk about like in terms of you you've accomplished so much already like what else like going forward i i can't imagine that drive is stopping i mean just in terms of talking with you setting up this interview and stuff like that like i know it hasn't stopped so like are there things like kind of for both of you, like goals that you've set for yourself that you want to do in the next, you know, five, 10 years or something like that in this mm-hmm. industry or beyond? Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I, I mentioned this earlier this year because we had Phil Spencer on our show back in February for our 1000 episode. But I always there's two people that I always want to have him on our show. One is Bill Gates, which I've been trying for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one is uh, Reggie. Pizza man. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, and I mentioned that on Twitter, and he's like, "Danny, let's make it happen." I was like, "Oh snap, th- this is mm-hmm. really gonna happen." Yeah. So we've been we've been talking. So hopefully in the future we're gonna have him on on the show. But one of the things that I want to do is also give back, and that's one thing that I always 
been doing since day one. You know, yeah, I gave advice to Paris to launch uh, his old podcast, but I always sit down with people that I see like potential and I see them like they're super talented on creating content too. And I want to give back. I've been speaking a lot at, at uh, high schools and middle schools and colleges just like, because I want the next generation to take over too. And, and I want them to be better than me and better <clears> than Paris, you know, uh, creating content, man. So th that's one thing I really want to do. Like I went to last year to Dominican Republic and I was there speaking for uh, for a conference uh, to, con to content creators and also game developers. And I gave them a brief history about me and I, that's what I'm going to do. More of that. Just mm -hmm. giving back. It, awesome. it happens. And like the way that everyone talks about you in your documentary is for sure. And then also like me talking with like Yamilia Avendano about you. And like mm -hmm. I'll get emotional because I, lo I love her so much. But like the way she talks about you and, and when she was was really young and nobody took her seriously. I, I can't even because I love her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way that yeah. nobody took yeah. her seriously. Yeah. I love, I love her. I love her so much. Um, I love her yeah. too. Yeah. Um, uh, like we love you, Yami. She, <laughs> the way the way that she talks about how you actually like uh, took her seriously when no one else did. Mm -hmm. um, like that's you. That alone, you influenced an amazing person. Mm -hmm. So that that yeah. She, and that, that influence I mean, trickles out too, yeah. like because I mean, like it clearly has an effect me. effect on you. I know, I know she no. has an influence on me, and I know she influences a whole generation of other people too. I influence her a little. I don't uh, want to. I mean, it's, it's, it's too extreme. It's too extreme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. yeah I, it's important to me because some look when when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of people from the gaming industry that giving me giving me advice. I think it, it happened after I launched DTR, like a year or two. And, and one of them was Dan Shu. There's a couple other people that gave me advice too, like things to do. Um, but I, I wanna give that I wanna give that back, man, because I know the struggle. That it was hard for me back then. You know, like mm -hmm. I, when Paris hit me up, yeah, it took me a while, but I hit him up and it was a struggle for him too. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And 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 I feel like we have to be there for each other, man. You know, and right now Paris is I'm super proud of Paris because right now he is like making a, you know, he is creating a huge buzz because of cyberpunk and, you know, that, but that's mm -hmm. his passion of like, when you listen to Paris talking about cyberpunk, we hopefully we're going to talk about that later. Mm -hmm. it, I feel like it's different than everybody else, man. It, mm -hmm. It's a different type of passion, you know? So I want him to ins inspire and, and, and get other people excited about game because we're missing that. Sometimes I go to events and there's been journalists that they've been doing this for so long, but I feel like the passion is 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 not the same. Mm -hmm. It's like I want us to be excited. I'm tired of like negativity that's been going on. We got to give back, man, and get people excited about gaming again. You know, so mm -hmm. for sure, th that to me is important. You know, so yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Paris, Paris you, you, got, you got any you of say, those cyberpunk views? <laughs> 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 well, I, I actually, and I know we'll go more in depth with cyberpunk, but that's when you ask that question, I guess that's how I'm kind of looking at the next few years for me. What is it that I'm trying to do? So, you know, I've started, you know, my YouTube channel. I mean, we still do Gamer Tag Radio and everything that we do, but on the side, I've started my YouTube channel and it's more of a passion project where I'm not trying to cover any and everything. I'm talking about specific things that I love and things that I like to do. So cyberpunk obviously has been one of them. And just the reception that I've, I've had over that the past few weeks is just, it's been incredible. Like nothing I ever could have imagined ha has come of that over the past few weeks. 
And I even owe that to Danny because it was Danny who two years ago had that idea as I'm coming out of that E3 demo to record my reaction. And then it just went from there. But the point I'm trying to make on that is I want to focus more on the, the I want to challenge myself with the YouTube stuff. I want to challenge myself being in front of the camera. I, I, I've, I have, I guess to be serious for a second, I struggle with social anxiety a lot. Like you probably would not believe this at all, but I really do. I'm, I'm a very shy person when it comes into public spaces. And the reason is I always feel like I know I'm a big dude. I feel like I'm this big dude that's coming into your space and I don't want to bother you like that. That is like my I absolute terrifies me that I'm going to bother people. Right. So I've really worked on that. And then people say, hey, you have this great voice and you have a great way you talk and do all that. And I'm always so shy about it and don't want to accept it. And I've really in the last year tried to. OK, you're telling me I'm good at this. Well, then F it. I'm going to do it. So let's screw your fears. Just go do it and see what happens. So for me, the next challenge here over the next few years is obviously in the short term, it's going to be trying to cover cyberpunk and doing stuff like that. Halo is going to be another big one for me. You know, I'm a huge Destiny fan, as you guys know. So it's just I'm not trying to focus on everything. That's what Gamertag Radio is for. We talk about in everything in gaming, but my own personal challenge is let's see how far I can take this YouTube thing. Let's see what kind of unique content I can create out of it and just go from there. But I, I will say this a million times. It always goes back to that dude because I'm not doing any of this if it wasn't for him. That's awesome. That's super cool. I, I hope, I really hope that people that are listening, like I almost certain they will be, but like, that understand like that passion is the heart of where things yeah. come from. And then, and then after that comes the work, but then it's really about just like sharing that infectious joy that you have for something. In a lot of cases, I, I would love to have you guys, number one, I'd love to have you guys back on some other time. Cause I feel like you guys have so many, so many stories and every single time I'm just, I was supposed to be an interview kind of thing. And we haven't even talked about how going, we, how we snuck in the parties at E3. You, oh you would my love God. those. We have a lot of those. Don't save it, save it, save it. <laughs> we'll have time. you guys back. We'll have you guys back for sure to talk more about it. But I just yeah. want, I want to, or people should just go listen to Gamertag Radio. I mean, yeah, radio. there's that too. Yeah, We're yeah, yeah. definitely while too. you're, while you're listening now, gamertagradio.com on Spotify, iTunes, basically anywhere you you can get a podcast, right? So make sure to check that out for even more stories. And we're going to make sure to have you guys coming back too. Um, I just want to take, we're going to talk about Xbox Series X event, which is coming up. Um, but before that, I just want to take a moment so you can hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of Dude Soup is brought to you by Honey. We shop online every single day of our lives. Well, I mean, we might not buy everything every single day, but we certainly spend a lot of time on our phones or on our computers looking for things to buy, shopping, trying to find the best deals. But if you're gonna shop online, you might as well do it the fastest and cheapest way that you can. That's gonna be with Honey. Honey is the free online shopping tool that saves you money online. Honey automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart. It makes online shopping finally feel as easy as it's supposed to be. Um, so imagine you're shopping at one of your favorite sites like uh, Target or Sephora, Macy's, Etsy, Lululemon. Gosh, I love Lululemon clothes, but the problem is sometimes they're way too expensive. I, I would say most times for me, they're way too expensive. So I always try and find the best deal I can. Now, sometimes that involves opening up a whole new tab, searching for coupon codes, digging around, this one doesn't work, that one doesn't work. 
But with Honey, when you check out, this little box drops down and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Wait a few seconds, it'll scan for every single promo code on the internet and you just sit there and watch the prices drop. I know that I love using Honey when I buy gifts for people, when I buy gifts for myself. I don't wanna spend more than I have to and I shouldn't have to spend more than I have to. So for me, it's summertime and if I am gonna buy those Lululemon shorts, I don't wanna pay a penny more than I have to. Honey has found it's over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online and they're adding more every single day. Users love Honey. That's why it has over 100,000 plus five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. So this is just my friendly reminder to you that not using Honey is literally passing up free money. It's free to use and installs in just a few seconds. Plus, it's now part of the PayPal family. So. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash dude. That's joinhoney.com slash dude. So thank you so much to our sponsor. Um, yeah, so, so speaking on passion and sharing that passion, there I know that I'm excited for July 23rd because I really, I, as much as not having an E3 this year kind of sucks, I am excited about the sprinkling. Like you get these like I love, spread I'm out. It's like, into it, yeah. it's like, it's more like um, the Hanukkah yeah. and less like Christmas. There's the UV event <laughs> coming up too. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be cool. So so July 23rd is going to be the Xbox Series X event, which is going to be a live streamed, I assume, video package a lot like Sony did for the PlayStation. This time they promised it to be about the games. It's promised to be about the games. It's we'll about see. the next generation of projects from the Xbox Game Studio teams. Um are there any things, you know, stuff that they that we know we're going to see, Halo Infinite? Right. Um, probably Hellblade 2. Yeah, I think that's like probably. there's certain things like that. But there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like floating out there. Are there things that you what do you guys want to get from this event other than bug snacks? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, for me, I would love to see. Uh, well, the rumor, the new Fable game that supposedly mm -hmm. uh, play, uh, Playground is working on. They're the developers of uh, Forza Horizon, yeah. which is mm -hmm. one of my favorite racing games ever. The series is amazing. Uh, but also Perfect Dark, that's something that I would love to see the return of that because I look, I know everybody's talking about Goldeneye, like it's a classic, it's a game changer from the Nintendo 64. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the Rare learned from that and made that game even better when the, when Perfect Dark came out for the 64. Mm -hmm. Now the 360 version, I feel like it was very rushed and it, it was just not all that, but mm -hmm. it was a very important IP. So why not bring that back and Microsoft has a lot of IPs that could bring back from back then, mm -hmm. you know, so um, that's one of them. Um, and also, I, I think this event is not only going to be first party, but we might see maybe some third party uh, mm -hmm. announcements from them that may be like exclusive or time exclusive. That That's possible, too. Mm -hmm. So I've been mentioning this to Paris for, for a while, too. Like, look, I like I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Sega Dreamcast fan. I mm -hmm. I adore that uh, that not that album but that that console, <laughs> but uh, but I love like a game like Finding Star Online Part Two already came out you could play that you know on Xbox and PC but there's one game that I feel like it just turned 20 years old uh, a couple of days ago is uh, Jet Set Radio mm -hmm. that that video game it's iconic to me best soundtrack ever Jet Set Radio Future came out for the original Xbox that was an exclusive for that console. And after that, it was just silence. So mm -hmm. I know Nintendo's been having 
couple of uh, exclusives, especially like Bayonetta, and they published that for their console. I see, I see uh, Microsoft and Sega doing that again with Jet Set Radio. I would mm-hmm. love to see that in the future for, for that console for Series X. But there's other games, but I want Paris also to you, <laughs> say You know so. what I thought for sure you were going to say when you are talking about classic Dreamcast games? I thought you were going to say yeah. Blue Stinger. <laughs> oh, oh that, that's a good thing. But you know what? Like I I, uh, I play a lot of uh, Jesse Radio, Choo Choo Rocket, um, mm-hmm. Fanny Star. Crazy Taxi and stuff. Crazy yeah. Taxi, Power Stone. Oh, my God, amazing. That was yeah. a lot. It was a lot. And I remember my actually my first gaming event that I ever went to was the launch of Sega Net, which when I went oh, there, yeah. it was hands-on for NFL 2K1 online, playable. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, four players? This is amazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, Paris, what, is, do you have any predictions? Okay, number or? one, stop telling me what to do. This is not your podcast. I can answer on my own. <laughs> Thank you. No, um, I, I have to give a, a, a quick shout to our former co-host, Mandy, because uh, she's, she's not here, but she is tuning in live. And she wanted me to say Viva Pinata. So I am saying Viva Pinata. Uh, and yeah. I actually do yes. agree with her. That was a game that was completely ahead of its time when it came out. Mm-hmm. And if you were to bring that back now in this social age, this more co- connected age that we're in, I think that game would would do a lot better, especially when you look at something like Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Viva, mm-hmm. Viva Pinata would be That's perfect for that. But there are two games. If you want to see me jump up and scream like a girl, I really do. First, and I hope, I hope it like, happens. Ah! First, you show Joanna Dark. It's been 15 years. We got to get Perfect Dark back. I, I really want to see that. But if you just want to see me get misty eyed, please bring back Banjo Kazooie as a okay. platformer. Please, please, please. I would be mm-hmm. so happy to see that. Those are, they, look, we know we're getting Fable, Forza, and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'll also say, bringing halo back into this because i say it every time until i'm proven wrong halo infinite is the most important game that xbox has ever made because not only does it have to revitalize the halo franchise it also has to be the flagship for the services that they're coming out with xbox play anywhere with project x cloud it has to be the again the flagship for game pass and it also has to be a system seller to push the new hardware that's coming out as well. There's so much responsibility that that one game is going to have at launch that they've never had to do this in the, what, 20 year history of Xbox because, mm-hmm. you know, they screwed up this generation. We all know that. But we've seen what they've been doing since 2016 to fix all that. You you can literally see the build up to where we are right now. They have been building up to this moment that we're about to have in July. And Halo has to it has to be the game that mm-hmm. leads the way because if Halo Infinite flops, I don't think it will. But let's just say it did. You ha- you won't have any confidence in anything else that you see the rest of that show. No one's going to care about Hellblade, Fable, Lockhart, you know, ColecoVision 12, whatever they're planning on bringing out. You're not going <laughs> to mm-hmm. care because Halo, the, 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 the signature franchise for Xbox, there is no Xbox without Halo isn't living up to the expectations. It's been five years since we had five, just everything. Look, I know it's a lot of pressure and I'm sure if shout out to anyone at 343, they might see this or hear this, but I know it's a lot of pressure, but it has to happen. It it has yeah. to, it has to hit, it has yeah. to hit hard. And it has to be amazing. Coming off of Sony's presentation where it, it was just a plethora of games and they've got these open world titles now yeah. that are, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn, 
Ghost of Tsushima. It's just like there's they're just these anchors. Like they have a you know they have about five anchors in their platform, and for Halo Infinite to sort of have to be this one title with this weight on its shoulders mm-hmm. that has to kind of lift up everything around it. I do think like you were saying um, that you know we're going to see a lot of uh, or Danny was saying that we're going to see a lot of. Uh, third-party exclusives in this. I think g- coming off of their last presentation, Microsoft is thinking, oh, geez, we actually have to really highlight the games on this yeah. one. I don't think we're going to get, yeah. like, a price point in this one. I think we're still running late for price points, but I don't think we're going to get one yet. And that's mm-hmm. just me personally. I still think that some of these, um, like, publishers and companies are still playing the economy. They just want to see mm-hmm. how things are going to play out a little bit with the global pandemic and recession and stuff. Um, I, so I think it's going to be like, here's your, here's a slate of games that's going to knock your socks off. Um, emphasizing the, uh, like the smart delivery system. Because I think even if they if they show off Grand Theft Auto V or whatever, they're going to be pushing that smart delivery to be like, well, there's still tons of games that are going to be coming to you in a you know higher quality format. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. Because like, I think Halo is going to be, you know, they can make a really, really strong campaign, but they're still not going, they don't have games that can go up against these open world juggernauts. Like Sunset Overdrive was kind of that <laughs> I love that game. Title. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I don't Paris know what I love that game so much. I, I just don't know what they're I hate that game. So I love I that like, game. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's so, it's so important? That game is the reason why there's Spider-Man. Yes. Believe it or not. Agreed. Yeah, I know. Yes. Oh, I yeah. mean, yeah, that's another open world juggernaut that Sony's got in their yeah. arsenal. And I'm just, I, I look at Microsoft and I'm like, where did all these titles go? Yeah, well, like, I, that's, it's kind of, that's a weird thing about modern Microsoft. I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff. And I honestly feel like I play more Xbox games than I probably, probably because of its compatibility on PC oh, and stuff yeah, like that. Sure. And I feel mm-hmm. like when I play my PlayStation, it's more selective. It's like, boom, I'm going to play Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Boom, I'm going to play Last of Us. You to that yeah. Boom, yeah. I'm going to play Final Fantasy, right? Like more than I'm just like, I'm going to get it on PlayStation. I know, I know that I'm an outlier probably in that case. But it is weird how Microsoft, because you mentioned uh, Jet, Jet Grind Radio. And I'm like, they kind of did make that game again called Sunset Overdrive, right? It kind like, of did, kind of did, yeah. It, yeah. Like, even when it came out, people were saying, like, this is so, it, it's influenced, it's the closest thing we've gotten to something like that since. But then the game, no, it didn't resonate with people. And then the studio went on and made Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation. And I feel like Microsoft must have been like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. like, why didn't people, people, this is the, this is what, you, Spider-Man exists because of this, but... They didn't have that, and now Spider-Man is a thing for Sony, and it has such a great reputation. That game was amazing. So it's weird. Like Microsoft always has these really cool things that don't take shape right away. Sea of yeah. Thieves. I don't know I mean, how much you guys have played Sea of Thieves. I, I, I enjoyed now. that game too. That was pretty it's, good. It's fun. When but it first evolved. came out, it yeah, was it's like evolved it's, in yeah, the past couple of years. Yeah. If, if they had released it what it is now, right. and said this is the game, people would be like, "Holy shit, this is a pirate simulator." But I mm-hmm. think. And I don't have the player accounts in front of me, but I played a lot of it when it first came out. I was like, oh, this is fun, but I ran out of things to do and I stopped playing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which means I kind of stopped paying into the system and then that's that's the end of it, right? But like, if that, what for whatever reason it is, it feels like Microsoft sees five years down the line but, and they're like, yeah, we'll yeah, release it, it now and then it'll be bigger then. And that's, and that's yeah. the exact point. That's exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying. They need to reinstill confidence in their audience that they can make 
these compelling games that are going to grab you from day one. So again, you bring up PlayStation, look at God of War, look at Spider-Man, look at Uncharted. I mean, obviously The Last of Us just came out. You you see these games that grab you emotionally as you play them. I can't tell you the last game I played from Xbox that I truly cared about. And mm-hmm. and I've been harping about this on, on Twitter lately, but Halo meant so much to me because of that relationship between Master Chief and Cortana. Like literally Halo 3 at the end, I, I, I damn near got a tear in my eye when, when Chief finally gets Cortana back, right? Because I cared about those characters. And I don't mm-hmm. think xbox their their in-house ips have done that in a very long time like even gears of war i mean yeah gears four and five are okay but Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i don't care about those characters whereas playstation and even nintendo you know you bring in a zelda or something like that i care what happens to those characters and i think you establish right off the bat with, with halo infinite that we're getting back to the core of what made halo great the relationship between chief and cortana obviously the multiplayer all that looks amazing space slip whatever the hell the engine's called all that right but then you 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 supplement that with the fable you supplement that with with a hellblade you supplement that with a brand new ip that's another thing i want to see new ips come from them in mm-hmm. july you know from this initiative studio or, or whoever show Bring me things that bound. yeah yeah <laughs> but show me things that get me excited to want to invest in the xbox ecosystem that's the challenge they have on the 23rd and, and i hope they pull it off i don't want to put words in your mouth but what you're saying is to kill off kazooie that's what you're saying. You're saying first ten minutes of the game, you think you think it's a thing, and then and then all of a sudden, a gunshot off a screen, bullet in the computer. Banjo's like, "Thank God it missed." Looks back, uh oh, hit Kazooie. Kazooie dies on the ground, and now we play a 35 hour single player epic starring Banjo, Banjo. trying to replace the title, what he's lost. The title screen changes to Kazooie just falls off, and it's just oh, called yeah, Banjo. Yeah. Oh. It's a feathers. It's a feather, brutal. and then it <laughs> yeah. goes down. Brutal. That's what but, it is. I, but you know what? I, I, I'll, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, please go ahead. Go no, ahead. no. I was going to say very quick that, yeah, I know we were mentioning about the new consoles, but even if you decide not to buy the Series X uh, later this year, you can still have your Xbox One X, your Xbox One S, or even the original Xbox, and I can still play Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, let's true. just say let's just say that you even don't have uh, the, those consoles with Project S Cloud. You could play that on your phone, mm-hmm. on your tablet, and even on your Samsung TVs without the console. Yeah, and just stream it and start playing it. You know, so uh, I think that's also that's something we also got to talk about. It can't be just be you know buying Xbox Series X, the consoles, and that's it. it is, I think mm-hmm. it's beyond more than that. You know what I'm saying? So I, I was making the joke leading up to E3 before E3 was canceled that I was basically mm-hmm. what's going to happen at the Xbox conference is that Phil Spencer was going to come out to reveal the box, right? He pulls the curtain off and it's got that box that we've seen and everyone claps for it and he goes like, but wait, there's one more thing. And then he lifts that up, throws it to the side, and it's just a thumb drive. Like it's like an HDMI thumb drive, and he's like, "This is the Series X," because they're <laughs> doing, and it, it's like a joke. But and then people yeah. flip out. They're like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, like yeah. they're, they're like, "All the technology is around you for that makes the thing work." And it's that's obviously a silly little dream, a fantasy scenario. But I don't think we're too far off from that being the case. And I think if you compare PlayStation to Microsoft or Xbox, they're a lot closer to that kind of seamless relationship. Well, it's the, is it the Lockhart that's going to be the disk driveless? Allegedly. 
allegedly yeah mm-hmm. yeah allegedly. i mean <laughs> yeah. the rumor is supposedly that console is going to be half the price of the xbox yeah. one uh series x so mm-hmm. i mean what was it, Paris? That we talked about was like the rumor was one ninety nine, two forty nine. See, you took Is it too happen? far again. No one said one ninety nine. See, he, rumors, he, he, rumors. He literally one, thinks they're just going to give it away. He just thinks Phil Spencer's just going to be throwing this when you get on the stage. <laughs> That's not happening. Look, three hundred, two fifty. If we're lucky, two fifty. Mm, 250 i mean 250 ain't bad see like i when they first announced the disc driveless uh ps5 i my first thought was like okay well that that disc drive free one is going to be cheaper but then i believe it was you that pointed out like well maybe it's going to have a larger yeah. hard drive so you're downloading right the, so. the parity right. of price will be more mm-hmm. you equal in that respect but I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to. I mean, I, I'm excited. It's what we were talking about earlier. It's an excitement. I really love this kind of stuff. I, I as much as I hate to say it, because you know, I like that opportunity to be around the people that you don't get to see all year during E3 because they're all in town for the same thing, participating mm-hmm. in the same ways. It is really nice having this like sprinkling of excitement. I, I like it. I feel like we have to mention at least a couple more things. Number one, Double Fine. Yes. Yes. Double yes. fine. Yes. Psychonauts yeah. 2. My so Psychonauts is my favorite game of all time. Number one. A number one. Psychonauts 2. Now with the, the potential. I have a signed Tim Schafer signed Psychonauts poster directly above me right here. Oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> and so Psychonauts, Psychonauts 2 is my most anticipated game until it comes out. But um and and so I'm curious to see because now it's Kind of, it's a Microsoft it exclusive, right? Because they own Double Fine. No, I don't know. That, I think no. they said that because considering they did the Fig thing, it's still Psychonauts Two is I still going to be available on everything. But there's they have more resources now. So they I mm-hmm. hope would be you have more resources, you could put more of that effort into making a game that's even better. And so I'm hopeful that we're going to get to see some of that. It's kind of like what you're saying about these other, not necessarily third parties, but these other things that you don't necessarily associate with Microsoft really showing showing off during this whole thing. Um, and then also the other thing, the rumors going around that Microsoft is trying to buy Warner oh, Brothers Warner. Interactive, yeah. which mm. that's, I think that's a big thing too, because if we get into the situation where Sony has Spider-Man, but then Microsoft has Batman, like announcement of a new Batman game mm-hmm. could be yeah. pretty sick. Paris, I think you should mention what the conversation we were having yesterday. Because wait, 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 what's wrong? I can't, I can't what? say that. Oh, <laughs> hold out. Oh, I want to hear this. I need this call out. Because because the thing is, I I, to, I mentioned exactly the same thing that you just said right now, James. Mm-hmm. Right? I mentioned it to Paris, and Paris was like, I don't know. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a good idea. I'm like, and he explained to me why, and I, it makes sense. And I know there's other people too that mentioned the same exact thing, but. I don't know if you want to mention that, Paris, at all. Well, it's up appa- to you. <laughs> well, 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 apparently I do now since you brought it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, my, my thing was I understand yeah. Microsoft wanted to acquire the actual studio talent, like from Rocksteady mm-hmm. and, and some of the other studios. But then I think from a AT&T Warner Brothers standpoint, would I really want Batman exclusive to just the Xbox platform or would I still want it to be a multi-platform thing? Whereas mm-hmm. I, I think when well, now we're talking licensing deals, so it would probably cost Microsoft a very pretty penny or they would have to do similar to what Major League Baseball is making PlayStation do. And you have to take the baseball game and put it on every platform. Maybe Batman, Mm -hmm. even though it's a quote unquote Xbox studio game, still has to show up on PlayStation and Nintendo. 
just look just just, hey just a private conversation between two friends that got put out here for the world to hear that's all (laughs) (laughs) speaking of private conversation we should also disclose that rooster teeth is a subsidiary of warner brothers we don't know anything about what's going on but just to make sure i'll talk to daddy warner bucks maybe we make it a timed exclusive i don't know well there's a there's also a world where you you know know, they go well we have these resources and we can do it in-house and it can come out on playstation but it's going to be like games pass right so like you know there's a world where if you control the costs it's easier for you to figure out how to do the fun accounting to recoup those costs and if they think that uh a batman game exclusive not without like a disc or anything exclusive to game pass is going to get more people to sign up for more months that equate to more dollars than necessarily trying to sell the game in the first place maybe maybe having that kind of control would be valuable but i i get that that makes that that makes a lot of sense i think you are in an interesting situation where you're dealing with the value of ips that you don't own but the studio that you want to work with has the relationship right i think the joker killing joked kazooie Oh, and that's the it's a it's their own. Paris is hurting right now. He's hurting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, also we also got to mention Lego. That's a big franchise for for Warner Brothers too. That's a huge franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious to see. Um, We we are burning through this podcast. We're running out of time. I want to talk at least a little bit about Cyberpunk, and of course, we need to do. Uh, my most important segment as well. <laughs> so we're going to, I want to, I'm very excited for Xbox. Any final thoughts from you guys, like the last things you want to see or anything? Well, if if there's stuff that Xbox doesn't announce in July, then the big one also will be in August. They, they've done okay. that in the past. I know uh, 1E3 did, didn't mention Tomb Raider, but they mentioned Tomb Raider during Gamescom, that okay. announcement. So it's possible we might see that too. And August will be price. Release date for the consoles, Lockhart and Series X. Cool. Very cool. Um, Paris, I'm, I'm, we're going to be hearing from you and Cyberpunk and your thoughts, kind of where you're feeling on Cyberpunk, and the rest of us are just going to sit and stare and quietly quietly plan <laughs> our revenge because you've gotten to play it as much as you have. But first, I want to let you guys hear a word from our sponsor. If your mailbox is anything like mine, it's 90%... Uh, a depressing place with political flyers, utility bills, and a ton of coupons that I know I'll never be able to use. But once a month, I do actually have a reason to be excited about what's in my mailbox, and that's because of my box of awesome from Bespoke Post. I can tell you one of my favorite items that I've ever received from a box of awesome is a custom Japanese knife. It's one of the best tools I have in the kitchen. It's sharper than you could ever possibly imagine, so be very careful if you decide to pick one up. But it's great, and it's awesome, and I actually got a pretty great deal on it using Box of Awesome. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month, and no matter what you're into, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your lifestyle. To get started, take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. Plus, they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Plus, each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. I was looking at one just the other week, and it was a, a bag that's a tote bag that transforms into a suit bag, too. So if you're going to the gym, it works, but I'll say you're going to a wedding, it works too. It's a super functional tote, and I think it's 
pretty sweet and it's an amazing deal if you get a three box of awesome. So if you wanna get some cool stuff for a great price, you're gonna get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter code DUDE at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code D-U-D-E for 20% off your first box. And we're back. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. Paris, Cyberpunk. Yes, so- Nice, the- what's that chair? What? Hey, what are you sitting on there? Yeah, so I have from Secret, <laughs> from Secret Lab, I have the official Cyberpunk chair. I have the Titan version because I'm a big guy. Super awesome. Uh-huh. Thank you to CD Projekt Red and Secret Labs for sending that to me. And then oh, off like off anyone that's watching, I have I have my cyberpunk backpack that I got mm-hmm. yesterday. And I have my shirt that says I played it early. So that's all the swag talk. And I'll actually jump into talking about <laughs> the game. Say, um, no, it was, Dan, it was incredible. like, I've been killing myself. Yeah. <laughs> Two decades. <laughs> no, but I mean, first and foremost, I, I do want to thank CD Projekt Red for uh, allowing me the opportunity to play the game early. Stephanie, you know, I love you. And it was incredible. It was incredible. I got to play for almost five hours and Night City is just an incredible place. Sure, there's there's still some bugs here or there. And I know people, you know, have seen some of the preview stuff. Maybe they've seen my 41 minute preview for Cyberpunk 2077 on my YouTube channel. Shameless plug. But um, overall, I mean, it was great. I understand why they delayed it a couple months because there were some bugs while, while I played. Um, some things they still need to smooth out. Um, like I wasn't necessarily a fan of the driving. Um, I wasn't necessarily a fan of the melee combat, but I had a dev with me the entire time I played and we talked about this stuff while I played through it. So these are things that they're already talking about internally and they're going to tweak. And even the bugs that I saw, it was mostly like clipping issues, nothing game breaking. Um, but overall, just the city feels alive. You, you're like, I didn't have to do a mission or anything. My, my thing was, it was like, oh my God, I'm in Night City. I just wanted to walk around. I just wanted to soak in the atmosphere of everything that's going on. At one point, I'm just driving and I see a full on gang versus the police shootout happen. And, and, and I'm talking with the dev and I was like, do I, do I engage? No, I do not. And I just kept going. I was like, this is not my business. But I, that. Oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? I was just going to you have some of your footage up and I was watching I was watching your playthrough and this point at the beginning where you're like get in the car and then you tr- you're trying to steal a car, right? And then someone goes, "What are you doing?" They interrupt you during the process and then it's like, "Do you floor it and just leave or do you kind of like continue that confrontation?" And the thing that's so crazy about this game is the not knowing what the other path would go. Right. And did you get any more experience from that? Because like in this, in this, the way it pans out in this, it's like, OK, well, then you try and talk with them a little bit. But then the cops show up and then you're arrested and there's a whole thing. And it's like part of me wants to see what would have happened if you had just floored it. You know, I feel like that's going to be my whole vibe playing this game. Well, that's the other awesome thing about this. So I basically got to redo everything that you see in that 48 minute demo from 2018. Right. But none of it played out the same. Um, I chose a corporal life path. So because I was a corporal, like when you meet with Meredith, the corporal agent, and she tries to give you that chip to give to the Maelstrom gang, because I was a corporal, I had a dialogue option and I already knew there was a virus on it. And I call her out on it. And then she realizes I know what's going on. She tries to alter the deal. I don't like the deal. I tell her to F off. She leaves. They completely leave. So I don't get to chip anything. So I have to then go into the Maelstrom gang without the chip. I have to try and negotiate a deal. It it goes sideways. I wind up shooting Royce, the gang leader, in the head right then and there. We have a shootout right in the main part. He never, we never have that mini boss battle. 
I wind up getting the flathead and leave and it, it, it plays out completely differently. Mm-hmm. Um, even that that beginning uh, demo scene where you're extracting the person and trauma team shows up. So that played out differently and trauma team, because I wouldn't back up, actually shocked the shit out of me and put me on the ground uh, because mm-hmm. I wouldn't back up. You know, just talking to Dexter Deshaun, even that plays out differently because I have different option dialogue options. So it's not static the way that we've seen it the past couple of years. And the dev even told me with the Maelstrom gang hideout, as an example, there's seven, seven different scenarios on how that can play out versus what, what we've seen so far in the, the gameplay footage. I mean, trust me when I tell you, because I've seen a lot of people with some of the uh, preview stuff, just, you know, talking on Reddit and on social media, you know, they're, they're nitpicking. Well, well, the, there's not enough NPCs in the world when you're playing. You, it's it's fine. Like, of course, mm-hmm. there's not going to be a lot of NPCs at night because it's night. But during the mm-hmm. day, it was completely fine. It feels alive. You're not having these nitpick complaints while you're actually playing. You're just going, holy shit, I'm in Night City and it feels mm-hmm. alive. It feels like a real world. You, you can tell that there's going to be so many different options and adventures that you're going to be able to have while you're in there. And there's going to be so many different replay replayability with it because you have the three different life paths. You have all these different dialogue choices. This person that you might make a deal with this time, you don't, and then they die and then, or maybe they show up later. There's going to be so many different options. And I only played for four and a half, five hours and I barely scratched the surface. That was just the prologue I played. That wasn't even the main part of the game that I played Mm -hmm. and it was incredible. So anyone that's anticipating, let's put it this way. As much as I anticipated that game two years ago when I walked out of that demo, I anticipate it just as much now, if not more, after I got to play it. That's how good it is. So be excited for November because um, I think we're going to get something special. Danny, like, obviously, I feel like there's this like a base game, a base gamer interest in this game, right? Yeah. I know coming from me, like, I haven't played any other CD Projekt Red games. None. I didn't play Witcher or any of those games. I'm like lukewarm on Fallout, but this game, the way it looks, I'm like, okay, this still feels like something I'm interested in. How are you? Are you excited? I'm, I'm it's super hard to excited. be as excited as Paris, but I'm super excited. And actually, like we, I, I remember uh, us, we got to see the game, and we said to each other, "Look, we're not gonna talk about it until we'll go to the hotel and actually record our impressions right there at that moment." Mm-hmm. But one thing I wanted to do was to capture Paris' first impressions, like once coming out from the from the mm-hmm. presentation at E3, and he the first one was went viral. The second time, I got together the the CD Projekt Red uh, team for them to clap while Paris goes outside because they already knew about his excitement about the game and everything. So I know how important that game is to him, man. So mm-hmm. I'm excited because I love The Witcher. I play mm-hmm. that for the Xbox and also play the whole thing also for the Switch on the go. And it looks great. So I, I know that uh, CD Projekt Red is really good when it comes to like story, main quest, and also uh, side quest. Mm-hmm. One of the things that they mentioned to, they gave us a pamphlet uh, during E3. During that pamphlet, it says that when you go to a building, every floor, there's multiple quests on each floor. And mm-hmm. I was like, Yo, you know how many hours I'm going to be playing discovering new stuff? You know, it depends on maybe the location you're at, the time of the day. Like, there's so Mm -hmm. many things you can do in this game. And that, to me, is important because 
games are expensive. We got to be super picky when we buy a game, right? Mm-hmm. So if I buy a game like Cyberpunk, I know I'm going to last more than a year, even two years, with mm-hmm. just the content that's available in the game, repay value, expansion, DLCs, and who knows what else they're going to be adding in the game, man. So mm-hmm. I think... It's gonna be a very important game, man, for 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 this generation, man. More than than The Witcher Three, I think. So yeah. let let me let me add this in because I know we're running out of time. So mm-hmm. I, I I haven't even gotten into the way the weapons are working, the perk, the skills, the the side quests, any of that. That's literally another hour I could talk about that stuff. But one thing I think is very important that people understand is this is not Grand Theft Auto, this is not Call of Duty, this is not Destiny, anything like that. Yes, it is in a first person view. But this is an RPG. And mm-hmm. it took me a second to realize that when I started playing. But once I realized it, I go, wait, this is an RPG. This is more Fallout 3 than it is Call of Duty, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Right. So mm-hmm. if people need to go in expecting. And like you said, you haven't played The Witcher, which you absolutely need to do is the best game of this generation, in my opinion, which is why I was so excited about this one. But it is an open world RPG at its core and all the the system mechanics and everything that goes along with it being an RPG are in play when, when you're in this world. So if people can go in understanding that and not expecting this to be just some full on first person shooter, I mean, you'll immerse yourself in the world and it'll be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm super excited. It's 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 hard not to look at a game like this. And even if it's not something you're into, which I don't know why you wouldn't be like the world is so vibrant and cool and stuff like that. Thinking about, well, once this game is made, we've now pushed the bar yeah. into a whole new direction for the potential for games. And that's really exciting for me. Yeah. We I yeah. and I, like you said, Paris, like I don't think we even scratched the surface in terms of you talking about it. People should just go to your YouTube channel <laughs> yeah, yeah. and see all the content that you're I talked there. for 41 minutes. I still can't believe that. <laughs> I, I still can't believe yeah. I did that. But and even yeah. that wasn't enough, to be honest with you. It's yeah. it's an incredible game. And, and then yeah. one, one thing that I love about all the hands-on impressions I got to see and, and listen from other people that got to play the game is that everybody has their own different experience. It's yeah. not the same. Mm-hmm. That's that's amazing. Like you know how much like conversation we could come up with and just to sit down. Like, hey, Paris, have you discovered this? He's like, nah, I, I haven't. But have you discovered this? I'm like, yeah. what? So it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting once the the game comes out and everybody's gonna have like different stories of stuff that that they managed to do or discovered in the game. And it's gonna be cool. I don't know how cool. this game's gonna get reviewed. Honestly, like, I mean, everyone's going to have to come to some sort of consensus. But like when Mm -hmm. the person at IGN plays through the game and has a completely different final experience after, say, 50, 60 hours than the person at at GameSpot had, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I I guess there's a kind of a baseline comparative score. You can come up with I mean, scores, I think, are ridiculous for games in a lot of cases. But like the vibe can be so different, like what you're talking about, having those experiences and experiencing them in different ways. It's just such a different way to think about having a conversation about games. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, as we get closer to it, I'm totally down to have you guys both back to keep talking about cyberpunk hype. I, I, you know, we don't have we don't have Lawrence here to feel that hype train. <laughs> right. I know we're all excited, but it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. So we like having people with that that burning desire that, that Adam's super excited. Everyone, everyone, I mean, I everyone's, everyone's excited. excited. Everyone's excited. But there's excitement and then there's 
I my I'm twitching because I can't get my hands on it kind of excitement. Um, and I like talking with people who have that excitement. It's a lot of fun. Um, so we'd love to have you guys back to talk more about cyberpunk. We are going a little long, but that's okay because we need to do at least one last segment. Not the most important segment of this episode because I feel like it's been a really great podcast, great discussion, but I would not be able to sleep tonight if we didn't do it. So we're going to do that segment right after this word from our final sponsor. I know it feels like everything in life is kind of up in the air and your routines are changing. The things that used to be super easy and you didn't even think about are now things that you have to leave a post-it note for yourself to do, which is why your oral care is more important than ever. If your morning routine has changed, you want to make sure that brushing your teeth and taking care of your mouth is as easy as possible, and that's where Quip comes in. I can think of no better way maintaining my dental care than by using Quip. Did you know that 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective and even more people forget to floss daily? Well, good health starts with good habits, and Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to brush and floss better. The Quip electric toothbrush has timed sonic vibrations with 30 second pulses to guide a dentist recommended two minute routine. There's even a size down version designed just for kids. Paired with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste in mint or watermelon, you get all the ingredients teeth actually need and none that they don't. Quip also has eco-friendly refillable floss with a dispenser you keep for life and expanding string that helps clean in between your teeth. Quip brush heads, toothpaste, and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 each. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health, plus shipping is free. So join the over 3 million happy customers and practice good oral care easily and affordably with Quip starting at $25. Here's the best part. If you go to getquip.com slash dude right now, you will get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash D-U-D-E. Spelled getquip.com slash dude. Quip, the good habits company. And we're back. Thank you so much for your sponsorship. Okay, Paris, Danny, Elise? Yes. Are you guys ready to mount up for Morbius? Yes, and. Let's I guess do it. I got a yes, and. <laughs> wait for it. You gotta wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mount Up for Morbius. If you're not familiar, almost everyone is at this point. What? Episode? episode. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start calling them episodes. Um, we are. Mount Up for Morbius is an episode slash segment where I build hype for an upcoming film. Um, it was Cats for a long time, and then Cats came out, and I decided to be Morbius. Now, I explained this to Paris last time. I'll explain it to you now, Danny, and anyone who's listening for the first time. Yeah. That was when the movie was supposed to come out in March, and it was delayed until 2021. So now I've decided to just continue doing the segment until it comes out next year. Disclaimer, disclosure, we are not getting paid for this and in no way are affiliated with the film Morbius. Absolutely not. Um, Absolutely not. Is this? Are you doing it today because Jared Leto is... 
Uh, the Tron news? Yeah, the Tron 3 well, news. Well, I that I was not prepared for that, but I, that is something I was going to mention. Jared Leto is potentially Consider- attached. So Consider- Mount Up for Morbius is all things Morbius. We focus a little bit on the character, but that's something we're going to do today a little bit differently is we're going to focus on Jared Leto, the Ooh. man behind Morbius. Okay. And so I have created a trivia. It's now, again, I explained to Paris too. The trivia, you're not supposed to know the answer to these questions because Mount Up for Morbius and Countdown to Cats that preceded it was about learning, not about knowing. And sometimes the best way to learn is trial and error and through quizzes and stuff like that. So I made a quiz, but this quiz is not focused on Morbius. It's focused on Jared Leto. So let's see what the title of the quiz is. Getting to know Leto. (laughs) Oh, Which I is it was now like a pun or something. It is. It, well, it's got a cadence. And so getting to know Leto is a, a reoccurring segment that will start appearing within Mount Up for Morbius. Okay. So, all right. So without further ado, let's let's jump right in. Let's see the first question here. Okay. Leto got his his first big break starring in what 90s teen drama? I know this one. I know this. Teen drama. I know this. Do we all say our answer at once? Some of them have multiple choice. This one does not have multiple choice. So, um, do I answer? Can I answer, well, or do? How does this go? And I bet something that we know. You, I think you've you probably heard do. of it. You've you probably heard do. of it. Sounds like 90s. Paris. Sounds like Paris knows. Sounds like Elise definitely knows. We all have wisdom Danny on our side. Was, we all have a little um, bit of age. A little bit of. You guys can work uh, together. Can, yeah. All right. Quick question: Was this yeah. mid nineties, early nineties, late nineties? Would it be mid to late nineties, right? Mid. Yeah. Well, maybe more. Alongside mid. Claire Danes. Claire Danes, yeah. In this mid to late nineties team. Do you drama. have it, Paris? Do you know? I, I I think I do, but I don't want to sound like an idiot, so I'm not going to say. It. <laughs> was that on WB? I, I think uh, I know. God, it was Claire Danes. I don't know what channel it was on. I don't know. I don't think I'm um, from Canada. Oh, <laughs> okay. So, so I'll just go ahead and say it. I'll be the idiot. My so-called life. My so-called life. My so-called life. Let's check, see what the answer is. My so-called oh, right. life. <laughs> I didn't know if I was supposed to say it. Yeah, it's again, it's it's. Well, some of them are multiple choice, so then everyone can kind of like drop okay. an answer. This one's a little bit different. Okay. Great job, great job, guys. My so-called life, alongside Claire Danes. All right. He was the he was the hunk in that. He was the hunk. Let's go to the next question. He's a bad boy. All right. Leto won an Oscar for his role in what film? This is multiple choice. So we can see the responses here. Let's see. All right. Option one, Dallas Buyers Club. Option two, Suicide Squad. Option three, Requiem for a Dream. I know it was not Suicide Squad. Mm, (laughs) Because he was robbed. (laughs) Because he was robbed. You're right. Um. Yeah, that's what I think. No, that was, was the that, reason was, why it, he didn't get the part, right? From it was, it was Dallas movie. Buyers Club. <laughs> yeah. It was Dallas Buyers, Dallas yeah, Buyers Club. Club. Dallas yeah. Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers yeah. Club. Let's see the answer. Mm-hmm. Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers. Club. All right. All right. Let's keep moving. I think there's only five questions. All right. Leto was one of the last people to find out about the coronavirus because he was meditating in the desert. This is true. How long had he been meditating? This is multiple choice, I believe. Yeah, it's weird. Um, (laughs) Was it five days, eight days, or 12 days? 
that 12. Jared Leto was meditating. Uh, I'm going. I'm going to gonna go with eight. I'm going to go with eight. Many days. Danny says eight. Twelve. Says twelve. At least. How many it, days? It's definitely not five. Um, no, it's too short. Like, I feel like <laughs> an eight might even be too short. I mean, this is a man serious about his meditation. Hmm. I think I'm going to go twelve. Twelve days. Let's see the answer. Twelve oh. days over a week. Well over a week. Almost wow. two weeks. Almost two weeks he was silently meditating in the desert. Completely missed what was happening in the world. All right. Okay. This is this is this is an interesting one. Kind of a fashion question as well. I know this one too. Jared Leto attended the 2019 <laughs> Met Gala in a scarlet Gucci outfit. And with what odd accessory? This is not multiple choice. I do know the answer. This one I don't know. And I wish I didn't. I'll say, Danny, any any idea what it could be? He's got a great uh, sense of style. Uh, was there? You said accessory, so yeah, was like a what cane, accessory, a cane, a cane type of cane? No, a cane. I mean, that'd be an interesting I, I mean, accessory. You know, diamond, Gallagher, diamond, old diamond cane. I mean, I don't know. A diamond <laughs> cane is interesting. I'm totally Paris, guessing that thoughts? one. <laughs> Paris, any thoughts? No, I, I have no clue no, on this one. No. At See, yeah, at least I guessed. At least I guessed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was with a replica of his own head. Let's see if it was Ooh. a replica of his own head. You might be right. I remember that just now. <laughs> it was. It was. You're a right. replica. I totally forgot about that. Of his yeah. own I wish I didn't know that. Head. That's I correct. I wish I didn't know. All right. I totally I, forgot about that. that I think we have one that more. piece of information replaced an important piece of information in my brain. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you only have so much space. Um, All right. This is our final question. Uh, 30 Seconds to Mars is pretty ambitious as a band and a goal. Moving at the speed of light, how long would it actually take to reach Mars from Earth at the shortest distance? Now, that's because planets revolve around the sun. But but let's say we optimize it for the best time to do it ever. How long would it take? It's less than 90 days, so less than three months. Oh, it's well, way, the, it's, it's way shorter of, than that. The, is, the, is there multiple choice? Is there We're multiple choice? Speed of light. So there is multiple choice. Oh, yeah. there is. Oh, yeah. I, I'll okay. get it if All I right. see it. I, I bet you. Right. Okay. Is it oh, seventy-two seconds? seconds to it's one hundred and eighty-two seconds. One hundred and eighty-two yep. seconds, mm-hmm. or five hundred and fifty seconds to Mars. Too long. One eighty-two. I just don't know. Seventy. Paris very confident with the one eighty-two. Danny also confident with the one eighty-two. Probably one eighty-two. I'll just go seventy-two. At least 172 seconds to Mars. Sure. What's the correct answer? 182 yeah. seconds to Mars. Doesn't have quite the ring to it as 30 <laughs> seconds to Mars does. But yeah, it takes well, a little over three minutes yeah. at the shortest, the shortest yeah. point. I think on average, it's closer to 700 and something seconds to Mars. I know that because of curiosity and how it communicates back back from Mars with, oh, with NASA, well, with the whole go. stuff. That's that's when I'm a NASA nerd, so. Well, well, that that wraps up Mount Up for Morbius this week. Again, it's not about knowing the answers necessarily. It's great. It's great that <laughs> you do. Can I tell you? But... You you purport that this segment is about learning. Mm-hmm. Paris actually just taught us something that's a valuable piece of information. Mm-hmm. Not your bullshit. Well, but it's not about Morbius. But it's not about Morbius. So I have no. I don't care about it. It's worthless here. Yeah. <laughs> it's worthless here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's let's roll that. Let's roll that Mount Up for Morbius one more time. Let's say goodbye that segment for. Ha, 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 ha.
Okay, that's that brings us to the end of our show. I I want to hugely thank you both, uh, Danny and Paris, for coming on the show. Amazing discussion, and I mean it very seriously when I say like, please come back and let's hear. I want to hear more stories. I just again, just shooting the shit about games is awesome. Uh, if you guys want to talk about Jared Leto, we can do that too. Um, we have guys, an amazing you, John DiMaggio story. That alone is worth. Oh really? Back for. Uh, oh yeah. yes. Yes. Amazing. That sounds that sounds perfect. We, we'll we would love to have you guys back sooner than later. Um, if you guys want to uh, get more of uh, Paris and Danny, which I can't imagine not wanting to after this podcast, Twitter Danny is Godfrey at Godfrey. Paris is Vicious696. You can also check them out at GamertagRadio.com, which you can find on Spotify, iTunes. You guys stream every single week on Twitch as well, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, are there any upcoming anything, any upcoming things, big plan for GamerTag Radio or coming videos up? videos or yeah. content or anything. Well, I know we're, we're going to have a hands-on impressions of uh, Watch Dogs Legions and mm-hmm. uh, the new Assassin's Creed uh, that's that's very soon, right? Paris, like in a couple of days, I think, or next week, something like that. But uh, we have that, and also we're excited about the Xbox Digital event. I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. We're gonna definitely gonna have a lot of content from there, and also a couple surprises after that, which we are not allowed to talk about. That oh, that's just awesome. Yeah, 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 I, yeah, I would throw in. I would throw in another one because it's public knowledge. Um, Ghost of Tsushima. I'm I'm reviewing that right now, so that will be on July 14th. That'll be out, so that's people awesome. can check that out too, and. That'll be on Gamertag Radio, and I'll have a video review up on the YouTube channel. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much Thank for coming guys. on the show. We really appreciate it. We love having you guys on. Can I, can I, say, can I say one more thing? Yeah. yeah, of course. One more thing. Fuck you, Paris. <laughs> I haven't said that all day, so you guys, there you go. There's such antagonism, <laughs> like playful antagonism leading up to this, and then both the, basically the whole show was, I couldn't have done this without yeah. Danny. I couldn't <laughs> have done this without Paris. Paris. <laughs> I couldn't have done this without Danny. <laughs> Yeah, I had like popcorn prepared. I was yeah, like, we this is going to be a good podcast. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And I, yeah, please, please, if you guys are watching, listening, check them out. Um, they are just super fun, entertaining, awesome yeah. guys with way more experience than we could ever possibly have. Um, and uh, thank you guys for watching. First members for supporting the show. Uh, everyone watching live on RTTV. Thank you so much for everything. And... Thank you for watching Dude Soup. We'll see you next week. Peace.